Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Hey, last night I was on the phone with my colleague Steve Scully, and together we're working on something with a lot of support that I think is going to be very, very special. Save the date, please. Friday, October 7. Friday, October 7. If you could join us in Philadelphia, that's all I'm at liberty to say now, but by next Wednesday... I'll be able to tell you all the details. There's how, how about this? There's a gathering that is bringing the two of us together, and we hope a lot of other folks and fans of the POTUS channel. So we want you to be with us in Philadelphia. And for those who can't be with us, you're going to be able to hear, maybe even see remotely, but we'd love you to be in person. So just circle that date. Fall in Philadelphia, as Hall & Oates would sing, Friday, October 7 in Philly. Well... This was another big effing deal, right? To quote the president, no matter which side you're on. But the question I have, what will be the political consequence? And I ask that question because of the passion that I have sensed from so many POTUS callers in the last couple of days on the subject of student loan forgiveness Uh, for whom I guess I would say it this way. For whom is this going to be top of mind in November? You know by now the president announced a plan to wipe out significant amounts of student debt loans for tens of millions of Americans, saying that he would cancel 10000 in debt for those earning less than $125,000 per year and 20000 for those who had received Pell Grants. And, of course, in order for you to be a recipient of a Pell Grant, you need to come from a lower-income family. So it's less than what some Democrats had been pushing for. It comes months after deliberation from the White House over the fairness, over the fears that it might exacerbate inflation, all happening before the midterm election. The president uh, yesterday at the White House said this. My campaign for president, I made a commitment. I made a commitment that would provide student debt relief. And I'm honoring that commitment today. Using the authority Congress granted the Department of Education, we will forgive $10,000 in outstanding federal student loans. In addition, students who come from low-income families, which allowed them to qualify to receive a Pell Grant, will have their debt reduced $20,000. So how many folks are we talking about? Across the United States, 45 million people owe $1.6 trillion for federal loans taken out for college. That's a big chunk of Americans, right? $45 million. That's more than they owe for car loans, credit cards, or any consumer debt other than mortgages. Students who receive Pell Grants will be eligible for the twenty grand. while about 60% of borrowers have received Pell Grants. 60% of borrowers have received, so 60% of the $45 million. And the majority of those who are Pell Grant recipients come from families making less than $30,000 a year. The Education Department, they say 27 million borrowers were qualify for up to 20000 in relief. So a lot of folks. Now, Nate Silver, looking at the, the politics of all of this in a pair of tweets last night. These are his words. The thing about student loan debt relief is that while other policies would be more economically progressive, it fairly efficiently redistributes well-being toward people in the Democratic coalition. Youngish, middle-class-ish, 
college grad attendees equals a very D Democratic Party, a very D group. And then he said, so it's very transactional. It's a very transactional piece of public policy, directly serving the interests of the people who elected you. That's extremely common, though, in the same way that, say, the Trump tax cuts were. That's the end of Nate Silver's quote to that last observation. Uh, I've already heard Republicans say, well, yeah, but those those tax cuts impacted everybody, maybe disproportionately so, but they impacted everybody. My question is whether those who are the beneficiaries of this, Nate Silver's right in terms of identifying that there's 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 this direct relationship uh, in terms of who they are and for whom they normally vote. But will they turn out and thank the party of the president? That's the issue. You know, will they turn out and thank the party of Joe Biden for providing through his own executive action some relief from a financial albatross or or. Will passion from the rest of society, those who see this as being unfair, you know, those who who paid their debt, those like that father. Hey, it's so funny. I keep bringing him up and I don't believe in coincidence. Uh, And the Daily Mail yesterday had the viral video from 2020 in Iowa. I mean, maybe it's not such an original thought on mine. I'm probably giving myself too much credit, but I've talked about it here. I've said, hey, you know, remember that guy? And, And at CNN... Weeks ago, I said, can anybody help me find the Iowa? Nobody can. Like, you looked for him, too, right? I did. I mean, they say he's Iowa. He's, right. Well, because it was in Iowa. It was in Grimes, Iowa. G-R-I-M-E-S. Grimes, Iowa. It was a town hall. So the assumption is an Iowa father, an Iowa dad, but I have not seen him identified anywhere. Okay, well, So if anyone come knows on. him, come on. our we, audience, Surely come on. we have listeners in Grimes, <laughs> Grimes. Iowa. And I, I tried to even read the decal on the back of his jacket because it looked like it was like a club or zooming in i was Hysterical. yeah just like people were zooming into my gardening video last night oh yes they anyway were. i'm making reference to this viral video it's a it's a dad who comes through a receiving line iowa 2020 and he engages with elizabeth warren i'm having her time yep I just want to ask one question. My daughter's getting out of school. I've saved all my money. She doesn't have any student loans. Am I going to get my money back? Of course not. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money, and those of us that did the right thing get screwed. No, it's not even like that. Of course we did. My buddy had fun, bought a car, went on vacations. I saved my money. He made more than I did. But I worked a double shift, worked extra. My daughter's work, she was 10. So you're laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. We did the right thing, and we get screwed. I appreciate that. I mean, there it is in a nutshell. We did the right thing, and we got screwed. Now, who's coming out to vote? That's the question in the midterms. And, and again, I tell you, it's the 25th of August. Who knows what we'll be talking about on the 5th of September, much less the 25th of October. I mean, so much is happening so quickly. But this is what I keep coming back to. And, and yes, this is today's poll question at the website. I'm, I'm asking which party is going to benefit. Because on one hand, you've got tens of millions of people who will be the beneficiary of President Joe Biden wiping out ten or $20,000 of their debt. That's a big deal. It's a big effing deal. On the other hand, you got the, the father in Grimes, Iowa, who says, you know, I know somebody who took that money went out and, and, and bought a boat or whatever. And me, I worked hard. I'm getting screwed. 
some will also say it's a bailout for the wealthy. And it's not just Republicans who are saying that. Jason Furman was the top economist for President Biden. He said, oh, Obama, pardon me. He said that the plan would unnecessarily provide tens of thousands of dollars to many high-income households in a way that goes beyond even what he promised in the heat of the Democratic primary when the problem facing the country was low inflation. Mitch McConnell uh, said uh, it was a slap in the face to those in the workforce who made sacrifices to pay off their debt as well as those who made different career choices as a result. He said it's a wildly unfair redistribution of wealth in favor, Mitch said, of higher income Americans. And what about the impact on inflation if the cost is $300 billion, although the Times had... One of those, what's it, uh, they, they answered a lot of questions. Actually, I really, I really like this in the print edition. I didn't finish my degree. Does that disqualify me? No. Will the $10,000 cancellation happen automatically, or do I need to submit a tax return or do something else to prove that I qualify? They answer that. I'm not going to read it. Will I have to pay taxes on the canceled debt? No, is the answer to that. Do I qualify for forgiveness if my loans were in default? Yes. All defaulted borrowers who benefited from payment freeze are eligible. And then further along, what will the debt relief uh, cost taxpayers? According to an estimate using a model from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania, the cost of the $10,000 cancellation initiative alone could range from $300 billion to $980 billion. The Wall Street Journal editorializing on the inflationary aspect of this today says the following. This is an Inflation Expansion Act. The reports say that Mr. Biden will cancel $10,000 in debt, yada, yada, yada. You already know that. Uh, then they say $300 billion, according to Penn Wharton, what I just referenced, quote, that's more then the $102 billion, the Inflation Reduction Act, purportedly reduces the deficit over 10 years starting in 2027. As for the loan payment moratorium, what began in March of 2020 as a pandemic emergency relief now rolls on and on and on. Some note that the way things were headed in terms of what's the cost, and I'm just trying to hit you with, with all the data and present it as fairly as I can. So on one side, you've got people say, hey, it's $300 billion that it will cost us and maybe more. Others point out, and I think this is a pretty decent point, that the way things were headed, that debt was not all going to be collected. So you can't say it's going to cost us $300 billion because, hey, that's money we would have collected. No, more than $8 million or one in five had defaulted before coronavirus. So they're walking around saddled with this debt um, and probably weren't going to pay it at least all off. So, you know, it comes at a really, this, this announcement comes at a really interesting time where there's conflicting information as to whether it's going to be a red wave or now that red wave that we'd anticipated is going to hit a blue wall. What am I talking about? For the first time since the fall of 2021, the polling averages are now indicating a very narrow majority of voters who say they prefer Democratic candidates over Republican control of Congress. This is the so-called generic ballot. It had been, who are you going to vote for? I'm going to vote for the Republican without filling in an identifier. Now, by a thin margin, it's the Democratic Party that seems to have an upper hand. What exactly... 
Do Republicans need to take control of the House? They need five more seats to win a House majority. And their candidates are in a pretty strong position to win the bulk of nine districts that Trump would have won easily two years ago if new maps had been in place. In other words, gerrymandering, reapportionment, gerrymandering has benefited Republicans from the last cycle to the current cycle. All right? Nine districts. They are poised to win because of the way those boundary lines have been drawn. In seven of those nine, they do not have a Democratic incumbent to defend them. So Republicans are in a pretty good position when you really go granular in terms of what do they need. It might not be the 26 or more. For a while, it looked like it was going to, you know, when when gas prices were $5 a gallon, it looked like 26 would, would be a good day for Democrats to lose. Nate Cohn uh, also weighing in on, okay, but what about the recent trends? And I should also throw into the analysis when I'm talking about Nate Cohn and when I'm talking about Nate Silver, I should throw in Mark Halpern because Mark said here yesterday, for the first time, he is of the opinion that Democrats could, he didn't say they would, but could take the House. There's a Nate Cohn analysis uh, for uh, the upshot today, which says this. At the beginning of this year's midterm campaign, analysts and political operatives had every reason to expect a strong Republican showing this November. President Biden's approval rating was in the low 40s. The president's party has a long history of struggling in midterm elections. But as the start of the general election campaign nears, it's becoming increasingly hard to find any concrete signs of Republican strength. And then what does he point to? He points to what we discussed yesterday, New York's 19th district. Two strong candidates, truly a purple district, uh, something that had voted for a district, I should say, that had voted for Obama and then Trump and then Biden. So all eyes were on Pat Ryan and Mark Molinaro. What ends up happening? The Democrat Ryan beats Molinaro by two percentage points. And what are people thinking uh, is the reason for this resurgence, if that's what it is, among Democratic voters? The overturning of Roe versus Wade in June. So from the Democratic side of the ledger, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. You had the election in Kansas. Uh, you know, in the middle of the summer, over 922,000 Kansans voted and the referendum failed by 18 points. Then you throw in the Pat Ryan situation. Plus, you've got gas prices now down at 388, 389 a gallon. There's something to be said for Democratic momentum. On the other hand, I'm hearing from callers a lot of uh, a lot of anger, like the dad who came through the line with Elizabeth Warren in Iowa. Look, there's a lot more data that I have at my fingertips, but I think you get the uh, the picture. The question that I'm wondering, because here's what it all comes down to for me. Okay, I get it. This plays well with younger voters who were naturally inclined to be supportive of Democratic candidates. But are they going to come out and vote? I did a little research and found a site with good data. It's called the Center for Information and Research at Tufts. This paragraph that I'm going to read to you was written after the 2020 election. It says this. We estimate that 50 percent of young people ages 18 to 29 voted in the 2020 presidential election, a remarkable 11 point increase 
from 2016. The number was 39% and likely one of the highest rates of youth electoral participation since the voting age was lowered to 18. Our new estimate is based on newly available voter data in 41 states. And then they list the nine where there's not reliable vote history data. This analysis replaces our earlier estimate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So 50% of those 18 to 29, which would seem to me to be people most directly impacted by what President Biden did yesterday, 50% voted in the 2020 election. And now you should be asking, okay, give me the comparison, Michael. Well, the comparison is, and you know, 2020, we had record voting. 66.8% of citizens 18 plus voted in 2020. So younger voters came out to vote against, I would think, largely Donald Trump in 2020. That has to be what drove those numbers. Um, Voting was up among everybody, but it was up in particular among younger voters. Will they remember? Will they reward in November? That's really the issue that I'm asking. I don't know the answer. I I do not know the issue. We are 75 days from uh, the election. I believe this. I believe Democratic candidates are in a good position to hold on to control of the Senate. I think Republicans still have the edge of taking control of the House of Representatives, but not by the margins that we had earlier forecast. And mostly I want to know what you think. Which political party benefits more from student loan forgiveness. When I asked this question two days ago, and we had record voting on my website, when I asked a similar question about student loan forgiveness, it was a 60-40 vote. 60% of those who responded at my website said no. I, I said, is it, I, how did I word it, TC? I, I think I said, is, is any amount of student right. loan so forgiveness? The, the poll result with 14,529 votes. Should President Biden forgive any amount of student loan debt? No, 61.23%. Total voting? Uh, 14,529 votes. So that's the issue. Okay, you you know what he's done. It was anticipated. We talked about it here yesterday and several prior days. Now it's been done, and I want to talk the politics of it. Which side benefits? Does this benefit the R's or the D's in the midterms? Or won't it matter because there will be 20 other things that will transpire between now and then we'll be capturing even more of our attention? Please go vote at Smirconish.com. For goodness sakes, if you're not registered for the newsletter, make today the day you sign up. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
Elaine, you're in Atlanta. What did you most want to say, the number one thing? Yes, uh, Michael, I've had Seminole since 1992. I did three years in the military. Um, I had the GI Bill. The veterans after 9-11 get a different GI Bill than I got, which is a a lot more expanded. They get probably three times what I got. You don't hear me complaining about that. I didn't get student loan forgiveness for the three years of military service that they're now offering. I have $400,000 in student loans because I have a law degree. And coming out of undergraduate school, I worked, and I didn't get Pell Grants. My sister did because she went on scholarship for, um, for sports. So to say that people haven't paid, I paid a lot in student loans and will continue to pay a lot in student loans. So $10,000 doesn't even do anything for me. I more, owe more in student loans than I do on my house. So, you know, it's not like we're not working. It's not like we're not paying. I've been paying student loans since 1994. So, Elaine, the Elaine, the 400 grand is a staggering sum to me. How how did it get so large and have you been able to put a dent in it? I have 25,000 from undergraduate. I have 100,000 cuz I have five college degrees. The the two two master's degrees and the law degree was $250,000 alone. So that's how it got to $400,000. And then you add in all the interest and all of that. Wow. That I I've not I've not heard of somebody with that kind of debt. That's got to be really uh, that's got to be a bear, you yeah, know, where you will, just can't can't see the light say, at the end of the tunnel. But I will say this. President Obama passed where you only have to pay a certain percentage of your income. So based on my income and having two children, I was only paying $100 a month on it. When I, when I graduated with $25,000 in undergraduate under President Bush, I was paying $250. So, you know, there are programs. Are you making are you making less than one hundred twenty five thousand dollars? No, I'm not making over one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. So ten thousand dollars will be forgiven. But. But it doesn't do anything. It just changes what's on my credit report. Understood. Uh, Wish you good things. Thank you, Elaine. Appreciate your willingness to, uh, to to share. This is Carl. Carl is in Georgia. Hi, Thomasville, Georgia. Carl. Thanks, Michael. Um, Nineteen ninety-eight. I borrowed twenty thousand dollars to go back and become a school teacher. I've never missed a payment. Twenty-three years I've been paying them. Okay, at five percent interest. I've paid back. I borrowed twenty. Paid back over fifty-five, and I still owe thirteen, Michael. I feel like President Biden just took me out from underneath the loan shark. Since 1998, did you say you've been making those payments? Never missed a payment since 1998. You're and you're what, earning 20? you're earning less than 125,000 so you will get uh, advantage of the 10k. Absolutely. I'm a school teacher, Michael. I, I make 50. So okay. for you back. for you this uh-huh. is a big deal. For me, man, I like to say it is a big deal in memory. In 2008, when the interest rates were zero, I was paying the government 5%. Yeah, I mean, that's not right. Why, why, can't the, why, can't the interest, why can't the interest rates be? People are paying less. Even though interest rates have come up in the last 45 days, I've been tracking them. People are paying less for home mortgages than those with student loans. That's not right. 
Check it out, Michael. I mean, I borrowed twenty. No, I, know I paid them back fifty-five, and on paper, I still owe them thirteen. Yeah. Well, you're going to owe them three, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank thank you, Joe Biden. Carl, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it very much. I love this audience. Honestly, I'm not patronizing you. There's no other place you can go and get a cross-section of Americans not here carrying an ideological axe. Some are. Some are. But just like telling stories and saying, yeah, well, here's how it impacts me. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius X. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Lee, you're in Atlanta. Top of mind, what is it? Yeah, so I've been listening to this student loan conversation for like the last week that you've been having it, and it has frankly enraged me. And the reason is is because I have done everything right in my life. And I'm so thankful that you had those callers that reflect similar to what I've gone through. I grew up poor. I got Pell Grants. I went to college because they told me that was what I had to do, and I didn't want to be perpetually homeless for my entire life. I'm going to get 20K worth of relief. The original loans that I took out have doubled. I have been paying them for the last decade, and they've doubled. It is a racket. My car note is cheaper than my student loans. My mortgage is cheaper than my student loans. My student loan interest rate is 8.7%, and that's federal. Yeah. It is absolutely insane to me to hear somebody like that person that rolled up on Elizabeth Warren and sat there and go, well, I did everything right. I did everything right in my life. I did everything that was asked of me. I did everything right. I am literally, if you put up a picture of what someone's supposed to do in their life, about how, oh, this is how a person is supposed to behave as an American. Like I said, I grew up poor. I worked from the bottom up. I had to claw my way for every single thing that I have. I have raised a good child. I took care of a mother who died of cancer. I have done everything right in my life. And I cannot believe I have listened to half of these self-righteous people call into your show or say this stuff on the Internet and all this stuff and sit here and been like, oh, well, People like him don't deserve help. When I have literally existed in a system my entire life that has done nothing but work against me. And this is the first time I have seen the government in my entire 41 years of life try to do anything to help me. So everybody else that's out there that's like, oh, well, we did everything right. I did everything right. So everybody that thinks that something like this is a handout to the wealthy or everything can kiss my ass. 
I cannot believe that, that so many people in this country are against helping normal people, but getting Lee, bad an eye about Lee, a $2, million, I, $2 trillion dollar tax cut. I cannot I wanted, believe it. I wanted to give you the platform. There was no way I was going to interrupt that. Thank you for calling. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.